Episode 138 of The Brian Oak Show. Oh. The reason we're starting with this song... Is that we've darkened the studio and no, we're just dancing around together. It's called What Time Is Love and it's by the British duo, the KLF. I woke up to the news this morning that that record, The White Room, a very, very formative record for some of us, myself included is 30 years old today. And it's weird how time moves forward, right? I mean, like, in the words of the Steve Miller band, time keeps on slipping, slipping, slipping into the future. You could argue that it's actually the past, but whatever the case may be. (laughs) That record, so there was a time where I had a couple friends who were DJs, right? Like rave club DJs. And we would do underground raves and abandoned foundries, and these kids would show up from everywhere and there were drugs and there was dancing until literally 6 or 7 a.m. and the cops would come by but they were always cool uh, but they were they'd be undercover cops and you they'd think <laughs> they'd think like we're totally fitting in here in their members only jackets oh, no. and stuff and like and it's all you know teenagers and young 20 somethings with glow sticks and they're just like standing over in the corner like okay anybody right, got any cool. e Luckily, nothing like that ever went down. Uh, But the KLF were very much a part of that scene, especially in the UK. But even here in the US where it trickled in, even in the square ass Midwest where we live now, (laughs) there were underground raves. And it was kind of amazing to be a part of it. My friends would be like, hey, can you show up tonight? You want to be security? I'm like, you know, at that time I was wearing my hair down to my waist. And... (laughs) I'm like, yeah, I could probably take care of things. <laughs> if it starts to get tricky in here, I could definitely take care of it. Don't or, pull my hair. <laughs> you, want, you want to run lights? You want to run video? It was basically just an excuse to hang out and <clears throat> do drugs and <laughs> dance until six in the morning. But it was always fun. But the KLF were a big part of that. And to think that that record is 30 years old today makes grandpa need a nap was 3 a.m eternal on that it was it was okay yep, and that last, was their big hit right last train to trans central mm-hmm. and oh man there were so many good songs off that record so if you've never spent any time with the klf's the white room it's a crucial record from my god does that mean 1991 is when that That's came out it's weird as you start looking at kids that were born in 1990 are now old enough to drink Shut no, up. shut up, Sean. It's way beyond that. It's yeah. it's actually 1990. No, 2000. Yeah, it's 2000. If you were What's born happening? on this date or earlier in the year 2000, that's right. 2000. They're 30 already. If they're almost 31. Well, uh, <laughs> gather around, kids. Grandpa one and Grandpa two are going to tell a story. Oh, I feel Actually, so old. <laughs> we're talking to one of today's young people on today's show. It's nice to see some young people around. <laughs> it would be nice. <laughs> we're going to be talking to a young performer, uh, but much more than that. But she goes by the name Mama Rose, and she has her debut project that just came out last week. And I'm excited to learn more about it. I'm excited to hear it. But I have a lot of important questions because it's interesting the way people move through the world, right? And the way they describe themselves and the way they interpret things. It's it's actually interesting to me that we, that this many people, even though we don't really get along, if you look at social media, the fact that we can all find a way forward together, or at least the majority of us can, when we all look at the world in a different way, 
is fascinating to me. So I have many questions for Mama Rose, which we'll be getting to very, very shortly here. But I woke up with this song in my head the other day, and so we're playing it for literally no other reason. Well, also that painting on the wall right there that you brought in here. The tiny, tiny painting of Let It Be. It what Would you say that that's four feet by eight feet? It's a piece of plywood. So, yeah, it's four by eight. It, a four by eight that literally has the cover of the Replacements landmark 1984 album, Let It Be, on the front of it. Um, it's a beauty, and it hangs in here and inspires me, and who knows, maybe that's why I woke up with this song in my head the other day. But let's go back to 1984 with the Replacements on The Brian Oak Show. I, you know, I hadn't listened to that song in so long. Wake up with it in my head, and I couldn't help but listen to it for literally days. So thanking, uh, thank everybody for uh, le- helping me sort of expunge that demon that's in my you head. feel better now? Uh, yeah, but I still really like that song, and we'll probably listen to it again today. It's the Brian Oak Show made possible by Smart Start MN. In fact, we're in the Smart Start MN studio here in South Minneapolis. Smart Start MN, Minnesota's original ignition interlock company. They are the architects. They help the legislature put together the structure along with the judiciary that will allow you to get back into your car once you've lost the ability to drive your car due to a DUI. You will lose, lose your license even before you're found guilty and getting back to driving is a crucial part of resuming any sort of normalcy in your life and smart start mn will help you get there sooner and for less money than you otherwise might expect they had a bill that was living there on capitol hill 
smartstartmn.com <laughs> slash the Brian Oak Show, 20% off the installation of the ignition interlock system. You know, a little schoolhouse rock would go a long way to explaining Smart Start MN. My name is Brian. That is Sean Bernard. Hello, Sean. How are you today? I am just dandy. Very good. Like in the warm weather. Yeah. Oh, oh man. It's How about you? so nice. So Oh, it's beautiful. It's lovely outside. I... I've been taking breaks at my other job, working at the record store, like going outside, like I'm going to go out and have a smoke. And then like, I usually do that and I like take two drags and I'm done, but I've been standing out there just letting the sun hit my face because I'm oh. realizing the lack of vitamin D and the lack that mm-hmm. it's weird. That feeling that you get like just the warmth on your face when the wind's not howling and it's not sub zero and you're like, Oh, spring's coming back. Now I never complain about the cold. But I will bitch about the heat when we start getting back to know, 75 degrees dew point. I can go to hell. But that's not what we're here to talk about today. We are here to talk with a young artist who has got a brand new project out called Drink More Water. She is an artist, a psychic, and a mother of three. And I'm very interested to ask about that second one because I have so many questions when it comes to sort of the the more esoteric aspects of human understanding, human emotion, and human recognition. But she goes by the name of Mama Rose. How are you today? I'm doing great. Also enjoying the weather. Thank yeah, you. It's lovely out. Now, do you, like, is spring sort of do that same thing to you, the rejuvenation thing? Absolutely. How do you feel about winter? Um, I also like winter, but... I would like less of winter. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's a reasonable and not entirely uncommon approach from your average Minnesotans. Speaking of, before we talk about your project and your approach to music and the life that you lead, let's find out a little bit more about you. Where are you from? I grew up in White Bear Lake, so just outside of St. Paul. Then I moved to St. Paul, lived there for quite a while, and just moved to Minneapolis last year. All right, very good. So you are native Minnesotan. Yep. Lifelong Minnesotan. Yep. All right, very good. And you, as described in your bio here, artist, psychic, and mother of three. Now, mother of three, I think we all know how that happens. (laughs) Going back a little further, artist, at what point in your life growing up does art become something that is a motivator? At, At what point do you feel like you truly first found your muse? That's a really beautiful way to phrase that question. I have always been an artist and always found that art is a way that I can express myself to the people around me more clearly than if I were just to talk. So I think that for me, when it became a motivator was when I started to have something to say that I wasn't really sure how to say without putting it in a poem or putting it in a picture. And that was really young for me. Um, I started writing songs when I started writing. So probably around like age six or seven when I could actually put words together. You know, it wasn't just like Dr. Seuss regurgitated. (laughs) Which, by the way, nothing again, although Dr. Seuss is going through a little difficult right now, difficulty right now with getting the books republished, there there is a a lyricism and a meter and a type of music to even early Dr. Seuss. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) There was one time that my kid's uncle was reading a Dr. Seuss book to them, and he did not realize what he got into, but by the end, he just sounded like he was trying to be a rapper and like, <laughs> failing at it really hilariously. I remember one time I volunteered to read books to children at an event at a radio station I was working at, and I'm like, well, I'll just take Fox and Socks. You know, I'll just do a no, Dr. Seuss book. No, that's the one. That was the one. <laughs> what you don't know and what you don't remember about Fox and Socks is it is 
so much longer than you think it is. And it gets so much more complex than you remember that it got. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, I'm up on stage with no less than four dozen children around me at my feet just trying to get through this book and get to the end. It's a brutal book. It it, it is. (laughs) Lyrically, it's up there with, I don't know, common Sage Francis. I mean, it, it is up there. It's it's incredible. So you start writing early on, but music, obviously. So would you say that, that the lyrics are the main driver for you? Does the music matter as much or do the lyrics oh, matter more? The music matters as much, definitely. But with that said, I'd say that I'm, um, I, I will often start with a melody, but it's usually inspired by having something to say with words. So they both matter just as much, but I'm driven more by the lyrics. Well, in reading about Drink More Water, um, you know, I, I read that it always blew my mind with David Bowie. Like when you go back to his Berlin period, he would record all that. And to me, what seems like an era so lyric driven and so concept driven, it turns out it was exactly the opposite. He would have all these legendary artists in the studio lay down the tracks and then not even think about the lyrics for weeks until much, much further after, Heroes by David Bowie. The music was entirely complete, mixed and finished, wow. before he ever thought once about the lyrics. That's almost unfathomable to me, but it also seems equally daunting when you come to the table with, you know, I've, I've heard that much of this new project is lyrically driven, where you would have the lyrics there and then sort of freeform it or let the music coalesce around the lyrics. That also seems very challenging to me. Yeah, I... Well, it's come together in a variety of ways. Like, um, so I know for for Faithful, it's kind of like a standard hip hop approach where you have a beat, right? And then the lyrics, you create the lyrics to fit over the music that's already created. But then um, like Money Trees, which is the last track, that was different because I had a poem written out that I... I went into the studio that day and was like, all right, what are we going to work on? You know, it could be a few different things. And we pulled that one out and just laid down a really simple loop. And then I was able to freestyle the melody over that. So sometimes it's the music that's able to pull out the musical aspect of things. Even if the message and the lyrics is already there, there's like a, a lot of emotion that already has kind of its own character around the the words and the message and then once there's something that can just kind of start to pull that out a little bit it sometimes it just flows really really easily so yeah they all came together differently well before we go any further and talk more about your process Mm -hmm. and other aspects of your life let's go ahead and hear some all right this is a brand new project it finally came out and i know like any project it's not like something you just spent three weeks throwing together this is something that's years in the making and so do you feel good are you excited about the fact that it's come out i'll bet well tell me about this song let's hear this song and we'll talk more about it on the other side okay this is uh sweetwaters what do we what tell me about it okay tell you about it now um this song, this song is very close to my heart. It started at um, as just a little tiny song seed, which is what I like to call it when there's just like a, I feel like there's a little song inside me sometimes and it's like, hey, like I'm going to grow. But for now, if you could just nurture this one little piece, like eventually I'll find what I need to, to get bigger. And that's what it started as. I was in a new relationship with a person who for me was just like showing me all these new parts of myself and I was super excited about it and still am super excited about it. And this came to me, I believe I was just in my van, like singing it on a loop for days. And then I set it down and I didn't come back to it for a really long time. And then 
some of the same themes started to come back again for me. Like, you know how we move in seasonal cycles and then we also move in cycles within our consciousness. It came back and I brought it into the studio. It wasn't supposed to sound like this. It was supposed to be like a big band thing. It totally turned out different. But um, yeah, Sweetwaters was born. It's really sultry and sensual and it, it just really captures a lot of the energy that I was feeling at the time. Sweet waters, sweet waters, Calling that song sensual is damning it with faint praise. <laughs> uh, it's a little more than sensual. It's 
pretty damn sexy. That's yeah. pretty good. Thank and um, I, I, I enjoy it. It might be, you know, to some people a little, <clears throat> maybe the metaphors is not <laughs> hidden enough for some people. But I happen to love that song right there. When's the first time you realized you had a voice that you could sing? I want to say something right before I answer that. Go That's ahead. so funny that you've just given me that feedback because there it's it's like it seems to be kind of a taboo thing and most people won't tell me uh what they think that the song is about so for the longest time i was talking to my friends and i was like i don't think anybody knows what it's about guys <laughs> like i think i think that they're missing it are you kidding and then they're Sweet like waters no, from your chin no guys <laughs> no, no nobody's they, they missing <laughs> that nobody's missing that and yeah and good for you because guess what pretty damn sexy Good. I like Success. it very. No, I, I got it right away. I got, I got there right okay, away. So. so, but you know, going back a little bit, when's the, <laughs> I think people got it. Um, going back a little bit, when's the first time you realized you had a voice? I mean, because you know, whether we're talking about people who can sing and direct themselves and do the national anthem, or people <laughs> who know how to find the groove, right, yeah. and who know how to find that thing right in there. Like you did right there. And when's the first time you realized you had a voice? Um, Again, early childhood. My parents are really, really fabulously encouraging people. So I think when I was a kid, it was like anything that I did, they were like, yes, it's great. And so if there was something that I did that I also really liked, it was like, take it and run with it. And they would give me the opportunities. So it was them saying from an early age, like, wow, Charlotte, you know, like you, you can really put some stuff together and sing. And then that feedback started to come from other people as I got older too. And um, I got involved in lots of different opportunities to be able to showcase that and just kind of consistently got good feedback and had good teachers. Are are either of your parents musical themselves? Mm, They are both very, they're both music lovers. Okay. And my, I believe that my mom has a beautiful singing voice. However, she doesn't use it a whole, a whole lot. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, my dad, my dad's a music lover also. So they showed me a lot of music, but no, they, they weren't really making anything themselves. So you've been encouraged. You've been expressive your entire life. Here you are in your late 20s and finally put together this particular project. Mm-hmm. Why now? Why now does Mama Rose blossom into full bloom? I would be lying if I could say that I understood that completely because I feel like a lot of the time my story tells me. So um, the pieces must have conspired on some level beyond what I understand too. But I think a really big part of it for me is finding the people that I want to create with. And I had written, I used to, in my old basement in the house that I lived a few houses ago, I had written on the walls because it was just old. And um, I wrote, okay, these are my steps to being the the person, the artist that I want to be. And one of the three steps was to find the people that I wanted to create with. So I found my group that I, that this project is not a group project, but I do also have a group which is called Pact. And I found my partner. And that gave me so much more knowledge and so much skill building uh, experience really, really quickly that I kind of leveled up in all the ways that I needed to to be able to put something together and put something out where I had been writing my own music forever and I had been performing forever, but I wasn't really sure how to get into a studio and put those things together and and to be able to um, tell and communicate a, what an idea with a producer and, and have that person be able to understand what I'm saying and, and help me create it. So another one of those people that was critical for me to find is Jason Fay. And he's the person who produced five of the six tracks on this project. So 
all those things together, but it's really about the relationships. Before we go any further, uh, Mama Rose, if people would like to hear the entirety of your new project or find out more about you, what is your desired place to send people to find your art and what you create and what you express? Yeah, you can start at my website because all the other links are there. And that's mamarose.blog, spelled M-A-M-A-R-O-S-E dot blog. And it's also, Drink More Water is on Spotify and uh, Tidal and YouTube. And is SoundCloud. it on Bandcamp? Bandcamp, Because yep. that's where you guys make the most money yeah, out of that. Yeah, 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 Bandcamp. And I definitely appreciate when people show their support that way. Well, and whether we're talking about local businesses like restaurants or knife fighting academies or local musicians, these are hard times, right? I mean, you don't get to go out and tour. Like, I imagine that if it was the regular world, the before times, when you release this, you would be touring aggressively, playing all over the place right definitely now, right? Definitely would be performing, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the interesting things about this, when I read your descriptor in your bio is artist, psychic, and mother of three. Now, you're in your late 20s. You are a mother of three. There's nothing uncommon about that. In fact, I think that's wonderful. But it can be hard, difficult to just get 15 minutes to yourself Mm -hmm. when you're the mother of three, let alone create a fully realized project. Even if you're working with really talented other people, how... If, and I don't want to sound ignorant about this. I know that people are capable of doing a lot of things. And I know people don't live in a vacuum and have support from others. Mm-hmm. But how do you maintain creativity when you're also directly responsible for the well-being, survival, and nurturing of three other little ones? Yeah, yeah. The tiny people do take a lot of our energy. Oh, man. I only <laughs> had the one, and it was exhausting. Yeah. Um, I think that part of the gift and process of parenting for me is to find this balance of how do I have how do I have time to nurture my own creativity and my own self and then also nurture my tiny people. And for me, like you said, having support, having a support network is absolutely number one. Like I would not have done this without all of the wonderful family and friends that I have who also love and care for my children. And then also with that though, there's just even navigating a a regular day and being able to, I think the key is being able to let things go. Because if you're going through a day and everything that happens and every emotion that happens or comes up in your body uh, stays there, then by the end of the day, you're completely exhausted because you have so much to process. So I think for me, learning how to be able to process in the moment and have something come up and then also let it go and realize that I don't have to hold on to every single thought and feeling so tightly has been what frees me up creatively because it keeps that that space open for the flow to happen. All right. Well, I mean, it's it's daunting enough. I mean, I have friends. We Again, my wife and I only had one child and there were days where we were, oh, man. And so I but I have several sets of friends who have had three or more children. And um, I just I remain in awe because just getting to the end of the day and not collapsing or passing out on the floor, but then also creating a new project like Mama Rose. I just I tip my hat because I think it's absolutely amazing. And it's a good project. Now, you cover a lot of different ground in doing this. You know, you could call that last song we heard uh, Neo Jazz, but it reminds me a lot of 90s trip hop. 
And I realize I just I mean, there's there's a lot of there's there's history there. Right. I mean, like mm-hmm. you can have something sound modern, but also old school torch song like that. Like there's a lot of good stuff in there. What other genres matter to you or inform you? I mean, like, you know, you've made reference to hip hop and stuff like that. I mean, growing up, was there hip hop in your life? Yeah, there was uh, growing up. I had a, a pretty wide variety of influences, including hip hop. Blues was actually really close um, because my best friend who lived right down the street from me and we were like sisters, her dad was a blues musician. So I um, I had a front row seat to watching him practice and, and being involved in that environment. And then um, my mom's boyfriend also was a blues musician. They were blues guitarists. So I think that that just kind of got like stuck in me somewhere. And then also, um, I I don't feel like it has as much of an impact on me, the music that my dad listened to, but I know it does because it doesn't work like that, right? It's just that I don't like it as much. Right. But, <laughs> um, but so there's, there's definitely a lot of rock in there too. And that's just not the genre that I usually um, end up expressing, mm-hmm. but that's in there too. And then country, I don't even know how I really found country other than just having access to the radio because... My parents didn't really listen to it too much, but I fell absolutely in love with the songwriting in country. I was like, this makes sense. Like, I can see the structure here. This makes sense to me. Mm-hmm. And so that's that's where I started being able to actually put songs together, lyrics together. Um, hip-hop is has always been a very freeing-feeling sound to me. And my sister, who's 13 years older than me, um, she will tell you that she's she's not like a huge lover of hip hop at this age. But when I was young, that was something that she was exploring. And she introduced me to uh, a lot of artists that now are part of the foundation of my influences. Um, let's see what else. I guess jazz didn't come until later for me, but I fell absolutely in love with jazz too i keep trying but i you know i there's stuff that transcends the boundaries of jazz that you can't help but fall in love with you know Mm -hmm. iconic things but when we start to get a little more challenging like your hard bop and some of that deeper stuff i have to admit i'm very confused and very lost i've spent (laughs) a lot of time around music but a lot of that's just unless you have a degree in music theory or really really understand the 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 structure and also the chaos of jazz it can be very challenging for most people it can but that's like there are are multiple ways to intake music right you know you can try to understand it or or you can just feel it and for me i don't i could not claim to understand how jazz works completely obviously thank god because (laughs) i'm the same way and I, i gotta be honest most of those those uh, glands have closed off. All right, yeah. it's too late for me. I'm too old now, Mama. So you have to you have to let me go on that one. I'm never going to come back around. Mama Rose, the new project is called Drink More Water. We'll talk more about that just ahead. But first, you brought by another song um, by is this an artist? Is this a conductor? Who are we looking at here? This is Savano, a local artist. She's a wonderful, amazing, brilliant, forward thinking person. And yeah, this is this is Savano. We must vibrate 
you to build houses, but you're not at home. If you don't go out fighting, then you know you're wrong. Sing truth into the sky, the rain will guide you through the storm. That was great. Tell me more. Minnesota artist? Yeah, yeah. She's local. She lives in Minneapolis also. Very good. Mm -hmm. Talking to Mama Rose here, the new project, Drink More Water, out and available widely right now. One of the things I've been dying to ask you about, because I feel like just like human existence or just about any other word you can think of, there are a lot of definitions for this. In your bio, you're a self-described artist, psychic, and mother of three. Now, to me, empathy and being able to read another human being is crucial, right? It's 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 a crucial part of our being able to get along, to being able to have meaningful conversation, understand one another. <clears throat> I'm thankful that I'm not psychic because I feel like that would be almost crippling. If I, if, if I could reach into other people, if I could really understand the depth of their trauma and their struggles and their hopes and their wishes, I feel like that would be overwhelming to me. So I want to know when you describe yourself as a psychic, what does that mean to you? Yeah. Well, I mean, you, you already started to describe it. It's, it's just kind of going deeper than what is typical. And you know, everything's on a spectrum, right? So I would say, I could say that that all people are psychic, but at the same time, if you're not as far along on the spectrum of um, things that go beyond the, the regular five senses, then you might not use that word for yourself. And that's totally just kind of like a user choice, you know? Um, for me, being psychic is pretty far on that spectrum uh, beyond what is typical. So it comes in a lot of different ways. I have, throughout my whole life, had gifts that um, seem to be very off-putting to some <laughs> to some people, but I'm I've learned I think I've learned how to use them in a way that is beneficial and, and not always so shocking. But um so like for example, being able to use the third eye space to get visions that don't just come from our own imagination. Visions regarding I mean like so psychic just it's it's such a big word, right? Yeah. Because I mean, it means, like, as you said, there's a spectrum and it means so many different things. Like, can you read what's going on in Sean's mind right now? You don't want to. Uh, no. <laughs> and actually there's a, there's, there's a consent piece to it too, right? right? So I would never try to read something from someone that they did not express wanting me to read. But, but if I asked you nicely, <laughs> you'd be able to get something out of Sean's brain that he's Only not telling me the truth about? permission, right? Like I'd have to be willing and... Yeah, but it not you... It The consent kind of comes in a deeper way with mm-hmm. that because it's usually more of like a um, some other level of your being, not necessarily just who you think you are today. 
would give me that consent. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of the things that we express to other people, we don't even know that we're expressing. And like you said, that can come through even just empathy. But when I'm doing psychic work with people, um, if it's a situation where it's a client and they sit down and they say, I'm open to whatever you want to bring through, that's one thing. But you know, just like anything, the work that I do, it's not really put in a container all the time like that. And so just going throughout the day and meeting up with people, there's a lot of extrasensory information that comes through to me from people. And it doesn't usually take the form of like knowing exactly what somebody's thoughts are necessarily. Sometimes thoughts will pop through, but it's usually more like this landscape of subtle energy that I can feel and that I've taught myself and and been taught and learned how to interpret. I think that's what I was getting at is that if it's something that happens, so do you have to invite this in or is it like an onslaught? Like if I thought I could hear thoughts and feel all these feelings of the people around me Mm -hmm. all the time, I feel like that would be crushing. I feel feel like that would be so overwhelming. Exhausting. Just like, I can't even, it's hard enough for me to get through my own damn day, right? Like, (laughs) let alone all the stuff of everyone, especially in this day and age. Do you get to decide when these things come through? Yep. You do? Yeah, I do. And it's just something that comes with practice because I know for a lot of people, like they start out this journey without having that control yet. And it can be really overwhelming and crippling. And people will use terms like um, empathic or like just where empathy just goes way beyond what you would want to invite into your day, you Mm -hmm. know. But for me, yeah, I can control how much I want to bring in at any given point in time. And um, a lot of that has just come from realizing how overwhelmed and how drained I have been at times where I haven't done that appropriately. See, I, and I'm going to be very honest with you. I'm skeptical because I'm one of those people who has to experience something mm-hmm. or look at it with my own eyes before I can really get down with it, before yeah. I can really sort of have a deep understanding of right. it, right? And that's healthy. Well, and I, I, and I don't, I, I fully believe as well that the universe is far more spectacular and amazing and the mm-hmm. human brain is as well than I could ever begin to comprehend. So I don't doubt it, but I just, I maintain a skepticism until I experience something. What, when, when did you first realize, I mean, did you have some sort of startling or, you know, interesting or insightful episode when you were young? Um, no, not so much. It's just the way that I am. So when I was young, I'd say like more than anything, it was that I would say things to adults where they were just like, what? Oh, that's uh, <laughs> uncomfortable. Or like, I don't want you to know that about me, like right. that kind of thing. Right. Or like um, it, it for me, it's it's almost like songwriting. All these things really bleed into each other where a lot of the times I get a message and it's channeled. It's something that comes through. I don't understand what it means necessarily, but I can tell that it's important and it's something that needs to be delivered to an individual. How do you know if, if how do you know the difference between something that is channeled, to use your word, and uh-huh. your own imagination, your it, own creativity? Yeah, it feels different. And yeah. the biggest part of doing psychic work, and anybody can do this, is starting to understand your relationship with the energies around you and opening yourself up to feel subtle energy. Because most people will go through their day really only feeling things that are so big that you can't miss them. And that can be really damaging too. You know, if you don't feel an emotion until it's so big that you can't miss it, then you're likely to have an outburst for an example. How do you know it's real? 
How, I mean, how do, how do you know that you're, there's not a different, and again, I, I hate to, I'm not trying to grill you. I no, just, I'm I re- fascinated. Yeah, I appreciate um, the question. I, I, how do you know that, so let's say I open myself up to subtle energies and I yeah. start to have certain feelings or certain thoughts or certain impressions. How do I know they're real and not something that some place deeper in my brain is constructing sure. literally out of nowhere? Yeah, reasonable question. Um, Through feedback. So... In this work, we don't do it alone. We work with other people. And when I, whether I'm giving a message to someone and they go, oh, my God, how could, you, how could you know that my child who just died was a twin and I lost the other twin in a miscarriage? You know, Or um, how could you know that it's just things like that? Or sometimes it's through energy work. So when I'm doing energy work with someone and I'm working uh, in a person's energy field in their body, and get to a certain spot and know that there's a certain type of ailment there. Like, for example, it's really specific stuff. Like, um, I will see things that are going on in someone's body and they come to me more metaphorically than the person experiences them. So, like, so for, not like auras or anything like that. Yeah, I mean, colors, colors and, and like, you can perceive subtle energy in so many ways. Colors are definitely a part of it. Okay. Um, but... Like, for example, there's someone who I was working with recently and I said, "Uh, why am I seeing there are crystals in the tendons in your neck? (laughs) Like, why am I seeing like quartz crystals just like forming and growing from from this space? Are you having pain there? And it's it's a discovery process with the person that you're working with, you know, so you don't go to a psychic and just you shouldn't go to a psychic and just expect them to tell you everything about yourself. It's a conversation and it's a discovery process. So then she comes back and she goes, wow, that's really interesting because I just got this diagnosis that is, and I can't remember what the name of it is, but um, something that has to do with crystals forming in the connective tissue in her neck. Gout? No. No, but something along those lines. Yeah, it was something really specific that I'd never even heard of. And for me, part of that feedback is that a lot of the times that something comes through to me, it's something that I've never even heard of, never knew about, never thought about, never imagined, never dreamt of. You know, and it's there are so many different ways that the psychic information comes through that it's just it gets to the point where you can push it away as much as you want, but it starts to feel like you're missing out on something. And if you're a person like me who allows curiosity to lead their lives in a big way, then you just want to explore it, you know. And it's founded on trust. It sounds like you really need to be able to trust whoever the psychic is and then vice versa that you're going into it with an open mind and because, I, I mean, in many ways, I deeply believe in what you do and what your gifts are. In other ways, I'm a little skeptical as well, but I absolutely feel energy from other people. Yeah. And yeah. I feel connection with other people that mm-hmm. I can't describe. And certainly, everybody always uses love. Like, you know, how do you, how can you prove you're in love with somebody? I'm like, because I have a... Why do you need to? I'm like, because, <laughs> yeah, for, well, I, I always say I have a chemical reaction, you know, and even if it's not romantic love, if it's friendship and that sort of thing. There is a feeling, there is an energy that happens. And I imagine what I'm hoping is the case is that it goes to this other level. Yeah. You know, when, you, when you're when you in a trusting relationship with whoever the psychic is, so you can really, you know, open yourself up to whatever it is that's, that's you know, Absolutely. being transmitted, I guess. Yeah. And I would say <laughs> vulnerability is definitely yeah. the key piece for how deep you're going to be able to get with anybody. So that matters a lot. And also trust with yourself because you need to trust that if somebody gives you a piece of information that is not true for you, that you're going to know that, you know, 
because we don't want to just be going to someone and then go, well, whatever this person says to me, I'm going to use to craft my life on. A lot of times you can, it feels like pain in particular, and I'm talking emotional pain. I feel like I can see that. And Brian, you're very empathetic. It, there are people that even if I've just met them, I'm like, whoa, this person is dealing with something right yeah. now. And you can see it in their eyes that, you know, the gateway to the soul. Right. But yep. it's amazing sometimes how that can happen. So I don't, you know, I don't know if that's a key figure with what, you, what you do. Is that the most transparent of everything? Is there some kind of an emotional pain? Yeah. I think the most, um, the most relatable way that psychicness happens for me is through the emotional realm of things. The other things can be a little bit more abstract and a little bit harder for people to grasp who haven't experienced it. But it's one of those things that's like remembering where if you start to open up your psychic abilities, when something happens that you're not used to, or maybe that you were even skeptical of, you go, Oh yeah, that's right. I can do that. Like I forgot that I, how could I forget that I could do that? You know, do you think opening up your psychic abilities to use your own words there? Do you think that that's something that everyone can do to a certain degree? Or do you think that you have to be born with a certain aptitude? I think that it is something that everyone can develop, but it's going to look different for every person. Just like if you were born and you were really, really good at playing guitar just because you had that talent for right. some reason, right. then I would, first of all, be really upset with you because <laughs> I want to be that person. But <laughs> second right. of all, um, I could still learn to play guitar, right. you know, and at any point in my life. But I you're not going to be Hendrix. It just, right. It just might take me a little bit more effort. And, and it's more complicated than that because there's so many layers of getting ourselves to the place where we can actually be vulnerable too. So right. it's a self-healing journey at the same time as it is an opening up to psychic abilities journey. But that's, I, I love teaching too. Well, and I guess that's the part of it. So if, if you're able to control it, that to me makes it a much more desirable skill to develop. Mm -hmm. But also then when mm -hmm. someone invites you in and you do have to dig in deep, I mean, there still has to be some level of burden that you experience. Yeah. No, because and there has been in the past. But again, through practice, I've gotten myself to the point, like I was talking about with parenting, where I can let things go so I can experience someone's energy and let it go through me right away without holding on to any Ooh. pieces of it. Lucky. It's yeah, that not, is lucky. It, it's, <laughs> I was going to say, that's a hell of a trick right that there is. because <laughs> I'm not even psychic and there's energy I can't let go from a yeah, long time ago. Right, but it's a practice. Yeah. Yeah, and it's something that is, as long as you set the intention to make it a practice, it moves pretty quickly. Like, I think that you'd be surprised, anyone would be surprised what where you can be a year from now if you set that intention today. Are you sure you're not 68 Seriously. <laughs> Crazy. We're talking to Mama Rose, who, in addition to having an understanding, which I very much like, and I really do appreciate your patience with me, kind of not grilling you on that, but digging deeper on it, because mm -hmm. to me, it's a fascinating road to walk down and one that I know very little about. And so yeah. I appreciate the insight and, and you know, being, again, patient with my sort yeah. of stumbling around in the dark of, of that particular aspect and, and of what you do. That's part of my job as a person, too, is to answer those questions and help everybody open up their minds more to it. So I appreciate you asking. Well, I just to me, it's fascinating and something that I, I always feel every the more I ask, the more ignorant I feel. Mm -hmm. But it always it's always good food for thought. Mm -hmm. Also, when it comes to your new music, drink more water. Mom Rose, I know not all of it's brand new. This has been a work in progress for some time, but now it is out. It's available for everybody out there. What's the name of your blog again? 
It's mamarose.blog, M-A-M-A-R-O-S-E. Very good. And you have surrounded yourself with trusted compatriots. You mm-hmm. have created this music. Now I imagine you would like to be out there performing this live for people, right? But that's not something that happens. Are you doing any uh, you know, remote or stream broadcast, anything like that at all to get out there? Or are you just going to bide your time and wait till you get to get back out there? Yeah. Um. Right now, I have not been performing this music on like streaming or anything on the internet I've been doing I do, I really love to freestyle and create in that way so I stream that pretty often and then I just stream me in the studio creating new things and stuff like that but no I have not been focusing on performing this music because I I feel like in my life there's not as much of a space for that right now as there is um doing some other things before we wrap things up with Mama Rose, Sean Bernard, <laughs> in addition to being a close personal friend, <laughs> was uh, producer of the show and also co-owner of the Brian Oak Show LLC, also happens to be a sponsor, a realtor for Edina Realty in the southern metro of the Twin Cities here. Springtime is upon us. It's the time of change, yeah? It is. I'm running right from here to do uh, four showings with a nice uh, couple of couples. No, a, a nice couple uh, who's now engaged, which is fantastic. And Congratulations. Go, and actually, they're looking right around here, and then uh, one in northeast Minneapolis after that, which is really cool. But really fun to find people, uh, their home, what, whether it's a first home in their situation, or they're downsizing, or upsizing, or mm-hmm. sidesizing, or whatever else it, it happens to be. Sidesizing? That sounds like something that you do at the square dance or something. I don't know. Alaman so, left? Yeah, exactly. Okay. Right. But if you know somebody... Or you yourself say, you know what? I need to get out of here. I got to (laughs) move. Call me at 612-859-2594. That number is also text worthy. I got to get out of here. I got to move. Before we wrap things up on episode 138 of the Brian Oak Show with Mama Rose, you said something interesting. So before I let you go and before we hear one more of your songs, you said that you're not so much doing the live streaming with your performances, but you do like to freestyle. Mm -hmm. Are we talking about words just pouring out right off the top of your dome? Yeah. When you do that, do you feel, sorry, a little old school hip hop reference (laughs) there. I couldn't help myself right off the top of my dome. Do you... When you do that, and I'm not trying to get back to the psychic thing because I love picking people's brains that are creatives Mm -hmm. to find out where it comes from. Because sometimes it is a wellspring that no one can explain and you're just the conduit. Other times it is hard, laborious work and you are Frankensteining something together. When you freestyle, where do those words come from? That is such a great question. I let me know when you find out. Okay, I, well, I mean, I, but it's different for everybody, right? <laughs> yeah. It I mean, is. so like, there got to be times where you freestyle and you're like, "I am a Jedi Knight. I could do this all day, every day." Yeah. And then there's got to be other times where you're like, "What did I just say? Fuck this! This <laughs> yeah. is stupid." It's. Um. I think for me, a lot of it is emotionally driven. So, and it helps. It's like a. It's like taking a bath. It's like it just cleans me to freestyle and let things out. So a lot of it is like deeper emotional stuff. I'm like, I'm really not such a bummer all the time. Like when I, when I'm freestyling some of the deeper stuff, but um, yeah, otherwise I don't know. Sometimes it's just not even that it's, it seems like it comes from really far beyond that, but that's part of why I like to do it. Cause I don't know the answer to that question either. And it's very interesting to be right in the middle of something I don't understand. 
Uh, I don't think you're a bummer at all. This has been super fun to talk with you. <laughs> Mama Rose, Drink More Water. The new project came out just last week. It's available now. MamaRose.blog. M-A-M-A Rose.blog. Everything you need to know is available right there. You can go to Bandcamp and buy the music. You can enjoy it and hopefully catch one of her upcoming freestyles because now I am intrigued. I don't Because I, I can't imagine thinking of you as a bummer. Heavy, maybe <laughs> once in a while, but that's yeah. the artist lot in intense. life, right? That I've been is, called intense. That's the artist lot in life life well this has been a wonderful first conversation hopefully you'll come back and join us again I sometime would love to. excellent now before we go uh, i do need to thank smart start mn i need to thank sean bernard sean thank you thank, thank you, you brian oak uh, oh, thank you so much mama rose <laughs> thanks uh to audio Equip for providing us with all the wonderful equipment here thanks to everybody who's contributed art to the studio you know we're getting into the spring and it's starting to feel better and i can feel a little bit of the fog lifting and a little bit of the the weight of winter lifting um i'm ready i'm ready to do something new and interesting with spring and summer and i'm just feeling appreciative for everybody who's been a part of this and the five people that won the never give up on your stupid stupid dreams i promise you we will mail them out this week we'll mail out uh the uh the signs never give up on your stupid stupid dreams that did, you, did, you say, did. did you say this year this year this year, this year. between sure. we'll brian and i we will year. get them out <laughs> mama rose when are we going to get them out <laughs> Look into the future. <laughs> Look, please. She's like, oh, shit, you guys don't no. want to know. You don't want to <laughs> know. <laughs> no. And neither do your Patreon supporters. Also, thanks to the Patreon supporters. We will get those out sooner rather than later. This week seems <laughs> ambitious. I'm going to be honest. Uh, before we go, Mama Rose, tell me about the final song we're going to hear here, Flood. Well, this song was a freestyle. The, go the, on. <laughs> The entire vocal um, piece of Flood is one take, and it was a freestyle. And it's actually the first thing that I ever recorded with Jason Fay when I came into his studio for our first um, for our first time working together. And we put on just a little guitar loop. He was like, what's your process? And I was like, man, it depends on the day. And then I this poured out of me, and we worked for a long time building the instrumental behind it. It's really a journey because of the freestyle nature of it. And you'll notice when you listen to it that it's very different by the end than it is at the beginning. It's actually a whole different genre by the end. And um, and then I also have to shout out Bia Lima, who came in and played violin beautifully on this song to bring it together. And my partner, Tom Tom, who suggested that we put actual water sounds in it, which I can't imagine what this would be without that now. It, it, but it's fun to watch it all come together, isn't it? Yeah. And it you was clearly so have surrounded fun. yourself with some very trusted allies, both mm-hmm. musically, emotionally, and everything else, yeah. which is one of the smartest moves anybody can make. Uh, Mama Rose, thank you very much. Thank you very much, Brian. All thank right. you. Yep. See you later, Sean. We're going to wrap things up with Flood, Mama Rose on The Brian Oak Show. Something